For those of you who missed last week's episode and our extremely accurate DIY trailer for this flick, let me get you up to speed so we can get you wheels up and soaring with the second half of our discussion of Con Air. It's the story of ex-John Wick Cameron Poe. All he wanted after the war was to dance with his pregnant wife in a dirty bar. But then he palm strikes some asshole's nose into his brain. Now Poe's dancing with the devil on a dirty plane. It's Simon West's interpretation of Jerry Bruckheimer's interpretation of Michael Bay's wet dream prison fantasies in the sky. It's Die Hard up high. It's the Bourne connecting flight. It's hot takes on a plane. No wait. It's Con Air! Did we get it? What do you think? That was pretty good. I thought that felt really natural. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty... Uh, uh, that was good. We'll call that good for the recap. But, um, Carl and I, we, uh, noticed there were some... There were some factual errors in the trailer that you recorded for us last week. Errors. Right. Mistakes, you mean. Right. Wrong. Right, you were wrong. You're wrong. Did you watch the movie? I read, I read the back of the VHS box. There were some stills from the film as well. Um, uh, cast uh, copyright notice down here at the bottom, a runtime. Listen, it's just a couple of corrections. Corrections. Yeah, like Danny Trejo doesn't have a mustache. Like corrections? Like a fucking apology? Like show our soft and vulnerable belly to the seething masses of hair trigger soul assassins that dwell in the bubbling smegma of the undermine of the internet? You want me to just tip up the chin and hand them the knife? Did you learn nothing from Con Air? No, it's not really that kind of Never thing. show weakness! Okay. Rangers right. lead, goddammit! Yeah. Rangers Roundhouse kick your fucking you. nuts up into down. your- story of Cameron Poe and how he's afraid to make any mistakes cause his bosses will threaten to withhold his scotch money if he doesn't correct his criminal behavior on this plane that he's on. With Danny Trejo, who normally has a fantastic fucking mustache but not in this movie. In this movie he's clean shaven. Aren't you happy that that, that we got corrected? And, uh, what else? Oh, turns out, John Malkovich has never won an Oscar, though honestly, I think that one's on the fucking Academy. You serious? Malkovich, no Oscar for this guy? How the fuck am I supposed to know that? I just do voiceovers. What, what do you want me to do? A brief and cursory Google search that would... Anyway. Also, John Cusack is the guy I couldn't remember. And then yada yada explosions, and the good guy wins in the end. How can I live without you, blah blah. Or am I wrong about that, too? Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks so it's about at this point in the film where we crash into Laverne and Shirley Field um, And, you know, I'm, I go back and forth on this touch-and-go stunt Part of me likes it because it's cool. Mm-hmm. It really is, dude. Like a giant—I don't know what it is—a C one thirty, C one. It's like a C one thirty. It's a modified something or other. So some giant four-engine prop plane mm-hmm. is it? There's like this little Cessna guys coming in. I, dude, the cabin of his plane has more fucking garbage and shit and like Chinese takeout containers. Which, where's he getting takeout? Do you just, like, no ta- taxiing through the... What, like, why is there so many, like, McDonald's bags in this fucking cabin? Maybe on the it's way to good, the plane? Perhaps? Because I know they don't have, like, delivery service mid-flight anywhere. Yet. Or... Yet. Amazon's working on it, I'm sure. Uh, but, like, the the justification for the big plane bounces over the small plane slash wiggly touch-and-go stunt is just so weak, dude. This guy calls the tower, gets no response. So one, shouldn't have landed. He was not no. cleared for landing because the nope. tower operator. There could dead. be there could be a there could be a heavy coming the other way, and you're gonna get smooshed. Because guess what? There's, There's a, a heavy, heavy coming the other way. 
<laughs> you're gonna get smooshed. Um, so like he calls the he calls the fucking tower, gets stunted all over, comes and waves a fist at the dudes, and then runs off into the desert to die. And we never see him again, except no. for one little bit where they fly over him. Yep, and he's still running. <laughs> yeah, he's, this he's a cartoon. He's just running. Yeah, he's he's literally like, uh, like oh, uh, like Wiley Coyoteing off yep. into the it's... desert. Like with a, he's all. We should just have a moment where he reaches behind his back and pulls out a giant sign that says "Uh oh," as the yep. plane flies overhead. Um, but that said, that crash landing's pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, I mean, come, who doesn't love a crash landing of a plane? Because I mean, because they know how to do a crash landing in these Bruckheimer flicks, man. I mean, it's ooh, oh, it's you kind of what you. Sorry, you weren't what? making a joke about the two people who died in crash landings in the Bruckheimer films. No, if I did, it was completely unintentional, and I don't want to like be responsible for a bad joke. Not though I make them frequently. No, I know. Frequently, I I wasn't even joking. I was just gently disagreeing. <laughs> Because Fair. he's kind of got a bad track record with crash landings. Yeah. On the other hand, though, like movie making is a dangerous business, and these dudes know they know what they're doing, and they know what they're yep. in for. You know, like. Yeah. There is a degree of risk involved, and not to, you know, even. No, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. But even knowing that going in, it's it doesn't make it like it doesn't lessen, not suck that that absolutely someone perished on a fucking film set. it does like, not lessen the tragedy in in the slightest i completely agree with you but this is one of the things that because you know like i'm i don't know if you did have this too but like we do a movie podcast and people know so like people who know us do they ask you about like well this movie thing happened what do you think because you're a movie person yeah yeah, yeah a lot of people have been asking not lately because it's out of the news now but a ton of people were asking me like what are your opinions on this rust thing or like talk to me about oh the i got asked a lot about that when like, that first happened tons of it they're, where they're like what a what a piece of shit what a bastard you know like oh my god I, uh you know it, it was his fault and i'm it kind of wasn't though, you know. Yeah. Like when you you know how a film set operates, you know especially like how you know like you have an armorer, you have mm-hmm. there's a there's a huge number of checks and balances that keep weapons safe on set, and everybody yeah. who's working on this set knows there's a chance. Everybody in everybody in Hollywood knows what happened to Brandon Lee. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and when you're shooting, well, shit, it's not even big Hollywood, man. It happens in fucking like like community theater does a show like an Agatha Christie where they have right. a blank gun and see someone gets fucking and almost every horribly time injured or dies. It, almost every yeah. time it happens, it's from cast or crew dicking around with the guns in between takes. Someone that wasn't supposed to be doing what they were supposed to be doing. Exactly. So when yeah. people were asking me, they're like, well, Alex Baldwin pulled the trigger and shot this woman. And I'm like, he pointed a gun at her and shot her. I'm like, that's because the director told him to point a gun at the camera and pull the trigger. That is, that was his task as an yep. actor in that scene. Also, the gun he was handed, which he's not supposed to be opening that, checking the chambers. Someone does that for him, and when they come on to set, they call cold gun. You yep. know? And that's how, so he has been assured that what he is doing is safe, and his direction is to aim at that camera and pull the trigger and fire, which I'm sure is scary for the cinematographer who got shot as well, but she's shooting an action movie. You have to respect her decision to work on this dangerous film, knowing that she knows the risks and has decided to take them on. No, it's the armorer's fault 100%. It's not Alec Baldwin's fault. Well, he cut corners, and dude, it's a movie. You always cut corners because they're fucking expensive. You have to cut corners or the movie doesn't get made. So, like... There's ways that people were. Everyone seemed to really want to blame him. I understand why. You know, it's Alec Baldwin. He's, he's kind of notoriously a dick, and he's not very easy to like. But it's not his fault. Yeah, but fault. it doesn't put that. Someone can be the the biggest dick in the world, but if they're not at fault for something, they're just not at fault for something. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That and that was my big takeaway. And like, ever, no one liked that take. No, man. no one everyone likes was my fucking so take mad. either. <laughs> but I'm like, it's, you know, on John Wick. If one of those dudes catches an elbow to the eye. He's not like which they did. Yeah, a ton for sure. Like, I mean, Daniel Craig lost the tip of his thumb shooting Quantum of Solace. Like, when you get injured on a film set of an action film, that's what you're there for—not to get injured, but you're there right. doing dangerous shit as safely as possible. But it is still dangerous. You take risks because people love spectacle. Well, shit, dude. That's why insurance on fucking action movies is, is- like. A third of the budget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like we're going to shoot an action movie. How much do you need to shoot it? Uh, One million. All right. Well, we're going to set your budget at 10 million. And like legitimately yep. the eight, eight of that 10 is just to make sure if some shit goes sideways that 
And that's a, that's the thing that care. people don't understand about the budget of a film, too. It's like, yeah, Nicolas Cage costs $15 for his salary, but it right. costs an additional million dollars to insure him on set. Yes. Like, oh, can you or more do like, you, like yeah. one of the Tom Cruise has had trouble getting insurance because he does his own stunts and they're exactly. so fucking dangerous. The insurance on him is more than it costs to get Tom Cruise to play that part in your movie. Yeah, his insurance is probably like double his salary for a film. Probably because he's because think about how much he's worth in mm-hmm. the future. How many more movies is he going to make? You're insuring against it. all You're of those against future. Yeah. Future proof. Ah, anyway, getting in. Yeah. Get in measuring flicks for the insurance conversation. It's, it's behind the scenes but it's stuff. Part, yeah, but it's, it is. It's part of the whole thing, especially talking about an action movie. Like for sure. And this is part of the joy of movies of too, is learning more about like that side of it. And I have so exactly. much. I think part of the reason that I am always hesitant to like, I'll never boycott a film where somebody died on set. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, you know, of course, there's like crazy mitigating factors, but like, oh, someone died. I'm not going to go watch that. It's like, that was the last thing that person did. This piece of art. Like, you don't want to go I'm and absolutely s- watching I'm that. I'm for sure going to go see that. It's like this person's final uh, creative statement before they left this plane of reality. I'm so going to go watch that. And yep. there's 5,000 other people or 500 other people or 50 other people that worked on that. That yeah. also worked on that. Yeah. Like, I. Yep. so yeah, I have so much respect for stuntmen that I re- refuse to punish them. Or, or like take away their agency post-mortem right. Like oh right. he died in a horrible accident We need to sue the studio Okay if there was negligence yeah But if it was absolutely, leg- if it was legitimately just an accident This stunt person dedicated their life To bringing crazy things That you've never seen mm-hmm. onto the screen and, one- and, most, and most stunt people Yeah I feel like if they, if they went out And they had any choice of the matter yeah, they would have you go see that flick because they died. Ain't tragic to die doing what you love. Thanks That's right, point dude. break. But like, it, they died I feel on like stage. That some man. person would want you to come and see that. It's like, dude, I died for this. I died for my art. I died for my craft. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, come I'm, see that goddamn movie. It's so weird, man. I'm sitting here like getting chills thinking about it because it's Me it's too. the in a way it's the hero moment that we were talking about earlier, where mm-hmm. it's like, listen, are you gonna climb between these two flying planes on a tiny tiny little cable that could snap? And he has a choice to say yes or no, and stunt people say yes because that's their job, man. It's yep. cool. It's cool. And they also love shit. doing it. Yes, like, a lot of them are crazy adrenaline you junkies too. You don't fall into being a stunt person. You seek that shit out. Yes. This is it. Well, Unless, it might be a life that chooses you, but you really have to commit to but, the bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like uh, uh, Lena and Lamont, like uh, singing in the rain, where he did just sort of fall into the stunt thing and then became a star afterwards. Right. Yeah. 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 Wait, wait, what? Le- who? Singing, singing, in, singing in the rain. Remember, uh, uh, Don Lockwood and Lena Lamont. So Don Lockwood yeah. became a stunt person accidentally, and then became a. Is that his the, like the true star? like true Hollywood story, or is that the plot of the film? I don't remember that. That's from... the plot of Singing in the Rain. Oh Don Lockwood. Yeah, I might have to watch that again. I might have had one too many. Gums you had. Before you I watched were. That. You were super happy. Oh, dude, it was in, in Technicolor. Rain. Why would I be unhappy? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Out of my mind, watching the most gorgeously colored film of all time. Um. Okay. Yeah. So the reason we stopped talking about the movie is because they're at Lerner Field. And that's where it's, it takes a nap for a good Just 20 literally minutes. nothing that happens here matters that much, which is crazy because a lot of what happens here drives the plot. But it's just so fucking well, boring. Because you get the wedge of doubt is is established for Cyrus and not sure if he can trust Poe um, right. po anymore. And so he starts to test him. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. This, and this is even the scene where you get the, if you go into your, what is it called, Giphy? Where you can text people gifts. Oh, yeah. You type in Nicolas Cage. There's a shot of him with his hair flowing in the wind, and he shoots a wink. That happens during That's this it. chunk, yep. and it's the only interesting thing that happens. You're like, I see why they made a gif of that. That's the perfect wink. But the rest of it? Dude, there's even, like, lives at stake, and I'm just like, I need to Don't go. Don't really care, though. Not that much. I do like the full kung fu takedown of the three Colombian drug thugs. Um, I forgot that was even a fucking thing, because they were... Yeah, oh, yeah, no. my God. God. This is well. This is when uh, Poe and Larkin meet each other for the first time. Actually, there's a funny line of dialogue here too. This is like a little mini, but it's an action sequence. That's that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like let's talk, and I'm like, oh. and it's like let's roundhouse kick with my auburn locks flowing, and I'm like, I am here, baby. Shh, don't I'm talk, in. don't talk. Look, he's fucking yeah. up Colombian drug cartel dudes. 
But uh, there is a great bit where uh, the guy points a gun in his face, in Nicolas Cage's face, because he's found a hidden airplane. This is where, like, Cicero or whatever the hell. Oh, right, because they were actually hired by this drug lord to escape yes. him. Yes. Yeah, Cy- that's, is- the, that's the actual plot of this film. It's not it's even a, a prison drug- break. No, it's an escape that was that was paid for, supposedly, by this Colombian drug lord. Yeah. To, to get him to this plane. And then they're going to gonna get off. him back to wherever. Yeah, right. yeah. So, but he's planning a double cross. Jesus There's, Christ. I know, right? Like, you totally forget what the movie's about. Do you about. need that? I don't think you do. No. Just have these prisoners, like, make this plan to get the fuck out of Dodge. You totally could do that, but that dude dies before the third act starts. The, yeah. like, whole impetus for the plot is gone before the final act of the film. You just but I had forgotten death. or didn't even know that was the plot until just moments before that <laughs> happened anyway, so we're fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're like, oh, they were breaking him out. Oh, he burned to death. On we go, <laughs> you know? Like, well, so what about the other plane? Blown up. Okay. Yeah, and the jets exploded, and he's burned yeah. to death, and you're like, there, we tied a bow on the main plot. Now let's, let's do 40 more minutes of movie, and you're like, how? How, though? <laughs> What are you gonna do next? What's the next? Oh, we have we have a guard that's in peril, and we have a cellmate who is dying from. Ah, uh, we still have to resolve those, and it's gonna those take almost an hour. Threads. Yep. We get a little. You see what I mean? Well, that that sort of is the big plot you burned in a hangar, right? <laughs> yes. Right. And so now we're left. The whole thing hinges on fucking us buying into the fact that Cameron Poe would hang around. For his cellmate and the guard, instead of and making if, himself available to go home to his eight-year-old daughter and wife, and you kind of, you kind of do a bit, mostly because of the ranger subplot, and maybe it's just because I like Nicolas Cage so much. I'm like, he would never. I, I saw Mandy. I know what this guy's willing to do for vengeance. Right, he's willing to make himself crazy for the rest of his life. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna take a whole fingerful of the like acid that is notorious. The worst acid ever. Yeah. Everyone who's talked about it in that movie is like, and it drove them from their minds, and they cut their own dicks off, and they, and they like their shoot teeth shoot up. murder hornet venom into their own eyeballs and shit. Yeah, and they turn <laughs> yeah. into maniacs, and he sees a big giant peanut butter jar of it, and he's like. All right, just one I'm pinky. Eat all of that. I gotta find out what they're talking. Mm-hmm. And then the moon turns into a skull and its skin melts yeah. off, and you're like, Mandy rocks. So I can buy the fact that Cameron Poe would, in fact, go back on that plane. Yeah, no, I'm, me too. The the little bit of dialogue that I like in this scene is when the dude points the gun in his face and he goes, All right, okay, listen, amigo, if you pull that trigger, there's gonna be 22 pissed off convicts are gonna hear it. Guy screws a silencer on. Well, thank God for the sound of fucking silence. (laughs) (laughs) I like that bit. Then I hate the next bit where he's talking with Larkin and he goes, if you see my wife, you know, he's talking to Larkin. He goes, if you see my wife again, tell her she's my hummingbird and that it was real lonely in prison and I got a lot of calluses and my arms are so strong from all the touching I did. And Larkin's like, okay, uh, I can do that. All right. But I can what, do the first. I can do the first. I'll part tell of that her the up to up through hummingbird, and then I'm gonna leave the rest up to you, buddy. <laughs> and then he goes, "But what are you gonna do for me? What do you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna save the fucking day." Walks away. I was like, "Yeah, we could have mm. we could have taken another. I would thought that taking another pass pass of that one. Both the take itself and possibly the writing of that yeah. line. Yeah, that whole exchange. That ex. John Cus- have been- John Cusack and Nicolas Cage, very little chemistry in this. Even that no. handshake at the end, I'm just like, I don't think they liked each other. I honestly no. don't. Well, they how could they have known they were they were on set together for like a day and a half? So, <laughs> I mean, uh, they they only did see each other for what those two scenes. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Uh, this okay. So all this bullshit stuff's happening at Laverne and Shirley. Garland is also wandering around. And this mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. Garland's walking through this like it's like a deserted town, like a house. It looks or... it looks like a nuclear bomb test site. I was just gonna yes, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like the fake town they built f- to test a nuclear bomb at. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it looks like. And there's this little girl that's been used a couple of times. Like, <laughs> I know, like the guy, like. all the Geiger counters, like for a hundred miles, yeah. are kind of. <laughs> And Garland's just strolling through, growing extra eyeballs. Um, He'd be fine. There's that dude, maybe. Yep. There's this little. So there's this little girl sitting in an empty swimming pool with a naked child-sized doll, like with its hair all fucked up and mud all over it, sitting across from her. And he's just he just walks over, 
and he picks up the doll by the neck, which is awesome, dude. It's so it's chilling. Awful. It's off putting as shit, man. Yeah, well, he re- like you can move that doll any way, and he just wraps his hand around the neck and like sets it on the chair to the side and sits down real slow and just looks at this girl and like they start talking, and she's like, "Do you want to play? Here, have some tea. Oh, it's my doll." And then he doesn't say anything, so she goes, "Are you sick?" And that startles him out of his reverie. Yeah. Why do you ask? You look sick. I am sick. God damn, dude! It's like a different person wrote this scene. No, this you're when you mentioned it earlier. It's it's true. This is its own. It's plucked from another universe. Totally. Another screenwriter, another director, another set of circumstances it's that like finds the, us in yeah. this nuked out fucking <laughs> test oh village. God. It's all. It's chilling. It's true. It is. Chilling. It's a short film. It it yes. has it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, an end too. It has. There, there's a, there's totally an arc. Yep. There's totally an arc. Yep. You could almost like, if it was its own contained thing. And a denouement. At the end when he's like rolling yeah. the die or rolling the dice or with, with no, him, no, no. him with like, the doll so on the that, plane. That whole scene ends and you think it's over. Yeah. The denouement is when the plane takes off and you realize she's alive and oh, she's and waving. Oh, she's waving. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah that, so it has a whole, it's a perfectly crafted little micro film in, inside happening. this movie. It's like this this crazily really well shot intense short film. Dude, in intense is a good. Stupid, yeah, it's so well written. It's so intense. It's a beautifully shot, and it's shot different than the rest of it's the movie. It's shot too. completely differently. It doesn't yeah, look. It feels Gilliam esque or like. Yes, it does kind I don't of. Know. It, it feels like it's very auteur. It's like it feels like somewhere between. Like, um, like I'm not Gus Von Sant, the other guy. He did Antichrist. His name is he did Breaking the Waves. He did Melancholia. Mm. I know all his movies and not his name. That sucks. Um, I can't pull it because I haven't seen any of those. You're probably avoid them for a bit because it's they're pretty gnarly. Um, but it's like, or, or you could say Gus Von Sant, like the long sure. still takes, or you could Seven. I think is a good analogy because it looks a little like. Seven. Oh, like a Fincher. Yeah, it's shot. It's shot wide. It's well. You know what? I I, I don't. Not to be rude to like the, the other cinematography, where th- some of the cinematography is hit and miss. This is really gorgeous, and mm-hmm. the shots reinforce the content of the scene. It's not flashy. Yes. It's really understated, and I love that. The, this this little exchange is my favorite, where she goes, "Are you sick? Why do you ask? You look sick. I am sick. Do you take medicine?" There is no medicine for what I've got. That is maybe the best line in the movie. There is no medicine, no for, medicine what for what I've got. And it's just Steve. It, it's also it's also uh, it sounds like a um, like a song lyric to a ain't no medicine for what I got. <laughs> it does got. I was thinking what I got ain't no medicine. What I murder. <laughs> but uh, that's pretty sweet. Oh shit! I am wearing my Jurassic Park shirt. Where's I know. I saw the top of that T Rex and knew. I all I needed to see was that much of it <laughs> right there. That, that not was even it. that. It's like, like that. that. And I was like, "That's yep. a T Rex head right there." For sure. <laughs> I had a lot of that brand on my body when I was a youth. So. Oh, I want it tattooed, man. So there's a bunch of stunt reels, and I'll I'll just I'll shout them out, man. Like when when Cameron Poe jumps out of that service station window as the building explodes all around him. That dude's mm-hmm. that stuntman is jumping out of an exploding building. He's like half you out get, the window as it blows you up. You have you have a lot of John Woo influence in a lot of the action that happens on the ground. Absolutely. It's very I don't want to say stolen, but it's heavily borrowed from like yeah. hard boiled. Yes, that's fucking, that's the one I was thinking too. Definitely. Yeah. You can it's you can see like angles. You can see like um what's the word I'm looking for? His his like approach or his program is the wrong word. I, yeah, but his the like energy, approach. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, his like his particular approach to shooting action is lightly lifted, definitely through big chunks mm-hmm. of this. Um, I did not like the use of what I'm calling the Garland grinds that like sound. I did not oh. like them using that as just a sting. Because during the scene where the cops all show up, they play that sound effect in the background, and Garland is oh, nowhere nearby. Nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Um, 
And then I'm like, it's like they, it's like they forgot that that was his like micro theme. Yeah, or like I almost feel like the sound designer was like, "Hey, that would have built a cool sound." And that he, cool thing that we had that actually had weight and mattered. Meaning, yes, dude. Yeah. Um, I do become all in once the cops show up at Lerner Field because holy fuck, man, it is just explosions and destroyed vehicles. It was, and also this is where we get to see the rape scene prevented. So there's, that's right. There's actually while all this is happening. Yeah, it's almost like the movie knew that, oh, shit, they all fell asleep. We're not going to go back and erase any of that, but let's get their attention again and get this thing up and off the ground, literally, because as the the plane takes off, you know? They they literally drag a Corvette through the air, dude. That was pretty cool. That looks like your car. (laughs) No, that's not my car. My car is back in. That's impossible. My car is back in fucking. You said I left it at the office. Yeah. I, I left it at the office, and they drag it through the tower. (laughs) <laughs> and then it flips upside down and just bursts into pieces like 20 feet in front of him and the, the license plate lands in front of him. Ass like kicker. Movie. Yeah, my God. This movie's a cartoon, dude. <laughs> it totally is. Um, I love, and I'm here for it. I'm a thousand percent here for I'm with it. You. I, like, I, like the Nic- I like Nicolas Cage and, uh, and Bubba looking out the back window down at the, the Corvette being dragged behind the plane and Nick, <laughs> Nick Cage goes, on any other day, that might seem strange. Yeah. And then he just walks away. Walks it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, huh, we're dragging a Corvette through the sky. All right, well, let's see what does Cyrus seem, is up does to. Does not seem weird at all to me today. It's no. been a day. Yeah, let's go. I've let, had days like that at the winery where I could see some crazy shit. I know you look out and like well, a, a California condor is like flying away with a with a motorcycle and it's and with, with a small infant in its claws. Like, yeah, well, you just be like, huh. That is crazy. What do you mean a 14 top with no reservation? What are you talking about? Has everyone gone mad? (laughs) You totally forget about the Condor. Um, So they've they've escaped the cops a second time, and now they believe that they're flying to some indefinable freedom paradise island that's Mm -hmm. just... Where no plant grows it's the but same, marijuana. You know? It's the same island that the the Die Hard 2 team was hoping to go to. Yeah, yeah. No it's extra- like, where, where, are the, where are these people going? I think it's called No Extraditionia. No, no Extraditionia. No, Tropico. Tropi- yes, tra- that's its Latin. The original name of it was No Extraditionia <laughs> Tropico. It was a little as a mouthful, you it, know. They, people didn't like to say it. They simpl- Tropico. Yeah, they simplified it to uh, the... Uh, 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 go the what is this called? The Deus Ex Machina Island. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is so much easier to say. A much easier, yeah. It's not. Three I feel Latin like somewhere in a, somewhere in a parallel universe, there there is that island where all of these bad guys from the collection of nineties, eighties, oh and nineties. Oh my god, they all got away. Have made it. Have made it, and they all <laughs> they have built this community together, and it's the most peaceful and beautiful like oh it's a utopia it's a utopia like the truest sense oh my god dude and then a hero shows up on the island like and that's what fucks up this utopian whole thing up yeah wait a minute oh you should hold on to that idea man you could we could have like got it like hans groove that's actually quite funny (laughs) like it'd be like on amazon island world (laughs) made of that's what and that's what you call it you call it in a world in a world. As soon as we end this call, Carl, you need to immediately yes. write this idea down and any other ideas a tangential to it, because that's actually quite <laughs> funny. Um, I wrote down Garland is the best. As they escape, they start playing Sweet Home Alabama, and everyone's dancing to Sweet Home Alabama. Garland. Define irony. Bunch of idiots dancing on a plane to a song made famous by a band that died in a plane crash. <laughs> Yeah. Just every single line. There's not a wasted line out of him. They're all gold. <laughs> it's so. He funny. is the he is the perfectly written character in this entire fucking cartoon they, of Con Air. That's right. They tried with everyone else and got close with some of them, but with Garland, they nailed it. And nailed Steve it. Buscemi delivered it. Mm-hmm. They set him up. He knocked it down. He's yep. the best. It's a part perfect of perfect set of circumstances Absolutely. to make Garland both. Equally horrifying and likable and endearing and fucking like I'm rooting for Part him. Of what makes him horrifying is that he's likable. Yeah, you're like. Well, that's just it. Yes, that's how. How the only way you kill 37 people is you're likable. Exactly, dude. Exactly, like Ted Bundy. Yep. Even at his trial, even knowing what he did, he had people trying to. Ma- he got married. He got married yep. during his trial. Someone was sure like, did. "He's the one." Yeah, dude. It's, it's there's a weird subset of Americans. 
Um, <laughs> now here's where Bubba gets shot in the stomach because Ving Rhames found a letter and gives it to Cyrus, and it's not clear who it's addressed to, but it is obvious that July 14th is my daddy's birthday. I get to see yeah, my daddy. Yeah, we've given just enough. We, there's enough yeah. info in the crayon letter that that uh, Cyrus knows that someone just got paroled, but he doesn't know who. So he's right. like, I'm going to shoot this guard in the head. Because it be the one that's acting heroic. That's exactly right. Who's going to stop the guard from getting shot in the head? Yep. And Poe goes to stand up, and Bubba's like, no, I hold my beer. Yep. <laughs> it was me. And Cyrus is like, you've been half dead for like you've been dead almost for the whole this time, whole yeah. fucking flight. <laughs> and he's like, I know. I was just faking being diabetic. And he's like, I saw you like shitting blood. Yeah, I, but you're still shit. You've got the. You look bad. Like you right look horrible, now, though. even. Okay, well, I guess if you want to take credit, I will gut shot you. But bam, he shoots him. Mm. And then he's laying there. Just die. I, I got a bad feeling for us. I mean, Poe. Yeah. Can't feel my legs. It, honestly, his lines is good. I, I wonder if he was laying there. Okay, he's laying there on the deck. They're like, all right, say your lines. Do you think in his head he's like, fuck. All right. I'm I that did guy. this better once. Yeah. I'm that guy now who's dying and he says some shit to the hero that makes the hero step up. Damn it. Damn it. All right. I was hoping for leading man, but let me, let me bring my A game. <clears throat> I got bad feelings, son. Like, maybe I'm not supposed to make it. All I can think about is, like, there ain't no God. Like, he don't exist. And shrimp for some reason. For some reason, I just got a hankering for jumbo shrimp. Cajun fried shrimp. Shrimp scampi. And Nicolas Cage is already out. He's gone. Shrimp and chips. (laughs) Shrimp and chips. Shrimp and potatoes. Shrimp and broccoli. Shrimp and lettuce. Shrimp and rice. Plane is empty. <laughs> no, they're all done. It's the crash has happened. Credits are rolling. <laughs> shrimp. And, that would how be would awesome. I, now how would I live? Shrimp in a bucket. Shrimp. Shrimp, shrimp in a bowl. Shrimp, shrimp on a plate. Shrimp in a bag. Live, live shrimp in a cup. Shrimp in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> shrimp in a pocket. Shrimp in a breast pocket. Shrimp in an inner pocket. <laughs> Just like. Anyway. I actually like that, like that little bit, like, like there ain't no God, like he don't exist. And I felt unusually real to me. There's moments in this movie yeah. where, like, like at the very end, the very end where Nicolas Cage tears up as his daughter hugs him. Well, when the when that young actor, whatever her name is, has a real fucking like. Uh yeah, Landry Albright. She has like a genuine real moment. It's amazing. I'm like, Holy shit! Where she has made a choice to yes. hug her father. Yes. And then we see, and we, you see her working through all of it when she hides behind yeah, her dude. mom. She processes everything. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. comes to a decision. Right. And she makes a decision to hug her father. And then we get the close up of her face as she's hugging her father. And you literally see like, I'm not sure. I'm overwhelmed. I'm happy. Like she goes yep. on a journey from the start yep. to the end of that yep. scene. And one of my favorite things. I Dude, I'm so glad you noticed that too. One of my favorite things ever in this whole fucking movie is Nicholas as when the he's trying to keep it together? Like I understand yep. she's probably afraid of me. I got blood on me, and I did, I did <laughs> a horrible sp- bunny spike a man's nose into his brain. Sorry, daughter. I mean, didn't mean to. It's the flashbacks. It's numb, you know. Like he's he's yeah. trying to keep it together for her, but he is hurt that she's doesn't want to see him, and he realize you know there's that whole thing. Then she hugs him. Nicholas Cage's little break when his eyes start to tear up. And his mm-hmm. face just starts to fall apart and he looks at his wife and he can't, he can't, he needs somebody to hold and she comes in for that hug. That scene doesn't, it's too good for this. Yep. Again, that it's is, another scene that sort of doesn't belong in the film that it's in I wrote, or isn't aware that it's part of that. Dude, film. it's like, it's like that. It's like the moment in uh fucking, oh shit. It's not in glorious bastards. It's the expendables in the expendables. Oh. When fucking Mickey Rourke comes in out of he's nowhere. He's the tattoo and he's talking about the... Yeah, M- Mickey Rourke comes in and wins an Oscar and leaves. It's like this one, Nicolas yep. Cage at the very end was like... And then, I don't know, maybe there was an Oscar in this for me. All right, here we go, bring it, bring it. My eyes are so teary and my face is falling apart. And I'm sitting on the couch, just watched Con Air and I'm ready to cry. You know, yep. like, shit, what a fucking moment. You got Leanne Rimes, not Leanne Rimes. Uh, no, it's Trisha Yearwood. Trisha Yearwood. Leanne Rimes is in some other city singing the same song and also, like, <laughs> bringing down the house. <laughs> what a weird world, dude. Um, uh, b- 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 there was a pretty cool effect when when he goes, I don't feel like God doesn't exist. 
I'm gonna show you God does exist. And then he stands up, and Nicolas Cage goes on an ass-kicking mission all through this whole plane. Um, when he gets shot in the arm, you see the the hole open in his bicep, and you see the meat splat out the back. Really yep. cool squib effect. It's a similar it's a similar squib effect that they used in Die Hard when John McClane gets uh, nicked in the shoulder. The same sort of thing. You see the fucking entry and exit wound and the splurt out the back. Yeah, it actually covers a yeah. It, it's pretty see, rad. You see some impact and you see some yep. back spray. And on the Nick on this Nicolas Cage one, it's all on bare skin. Because his mm-hmm. arm is away from his body. That's a very yep. well done effect. I thought that was cool. Um, what did okay? Well, we gotta talk about this. What did you think when he grabs um when he grabs the 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 prisoner in the dress, the one that's kind of like I don't, I don't know. Oh my gosh, dancing! What's that's a problem? What, uh, I, I, Sally I can't talked, dance. Sally can't dance. So I haven't talked about Sally because I don't know how to feel about Sally in twenty twenty two. I know. Okay. I feel like because I feel like they are taking that as a um as a goofy thing and it's not i don't know it's problematic so that's why i haven't talked about i know i've avoided it until now too but this this moment here this moment is worth a chuckle i think and also also in a weird way i'm like i'm kind of in support of it because it's kind of okay now this is gonna sound fucking nuts but it is kind of weirdly woke of nicholas of of cameron poe yes yeah no absolutely yeah okay so like here's this character that we haven't talked about called sally can't dance and it's like it's the the term that I think in 97 would have been applied to this character would have been like classic queenie like prison bitch kind of character. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. very like truly the performance is I'm not this is not a caricature. This is the character is like well, what do you want me to do Cyrus? Like what do you want me to do next? It's like really lispy mm-hmm. and very um like when they get to learn her field, the first thing that Sally can dance does is try to find women's clothing. Yep. Like just, which is fine if that's what I mean if that's that person and they want that's how they want to be like totally no yeah it's, it's played for it's played for humor and not for like any sort of like this is a real person except you know what I mean except uh. and okay so I'm gonna say I'll I think I'm gonna say she because I'm pretty sure that that's how this character would identify you could say they too but like they're really this character's really lean well this is 97 we weren't for we didn't have that vocabulary I know so I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna say unfortunately she, yes I I'm gonna I'll just say she but like the other thing I, I'm with you. It's definitely problematic, like how hard yeah. they lean into the caricature esque elements yeah. of that that character. But they also allow Sally Can Dance to be a badass a couple times too. Mm-hmm. Like legit, takes a gun, um, asks Cyrus what to do, he hands her hands her a machine gun, and is like basically go fuck some cops up, and off she goes. Not that shooting like, police is good yeah. or anything, but like it's it's not like ah, I'm so scared. It's like give me the gun. I'll it's go not do- the um, uh, it's not played as uh, like in Fifth Element. No, <laughs> With the- no, it's not. Which that, funny. that's hilarious. Funny. That's, uh, on its own it's right. but, yeah. funny. Speaking of, we just Bird and I just watched the first Rush Hour movie the other day. That movie does not necessarily age that well. Uh, no, the humor in that was pretty very racist, uh, quite uh, racist. Then. Even like then, the, yeah. Yeah, um, well, I, that fucking director's a piece of shit anyway. Yes, so. that's true. I did explain to Bird, too. I was like, there is some, you should know, like, going into this, this director is not necessarily, it's like, it's like the, um, it's like a lesser version of Rosemary's Baby, Ninth yep. Gate. Roman Polanski. Ro- it's a lesser version of Roman Polanski, because I'm not, I don't think anyone's going to argue, except for maybe the usual suspects that that Brett Ratner is directing anything like truly. Well, Brett Ratner didn't direct Usual Suspects. No, you're right. That was Brian Singer, Singer, another highly controversial (laughs) Hollywood director. God, it's getting hard to talk about him, eh? Um, I know. But yeah, yeah, no. So I was like, um, yeah. So like this, when we're going into it, I'm like, just know this director is kind of notoriously a piece of shit. It's pretty well established. But the reason I got it is because the second and third Rush Hour movies are so good. But that first one Mm -hmm. is really kind of raw watching it now Um, but really so Sally Sally can't dance one of my favorite things about this character is this moment where Nicolas Cage is rampaging up to the cockpit to get this plane like to get it down and one of the convicts that steps up and tries to take Poe down is Sally can't dance Sally yeah now look and I think it's I think they actually are bizarrely respectful of that character in this scene because Poe is a ranger Sally Can't Dance does not have a fucking shot against Poe. So Poe disarms her fairly easily. But I like that 
she stepped up and tried to I know she's a convict and a bad guy but she stepped up and was trying to take down this fucking ranger and then when Poe has her like by the neck and he's got his fist cocked back he he looks at Sally Candance and then opens his hand and slaps her and then goes into the cockpit doesn't punch her doesn't knock her out doesn't kick her or break her arm slaps her and goes into the cockpit and I was watching that and my initial gut response was like that's a little fucked up yeah like, mine too playing that for laughs like oh uh this is a girl i'm gonna slap slap her and yeah like he's i think the joke in 97 was this guy's so unmanly i'm gonna slap I'm him gonna like slap. a woman exactly but in 2022 it reads a little different and looking at the movie and looking at the character of poe i kind of think you could read it another way and after like literally one second after my initial gut reaction i read it this other way he beats the shit out of Danny Trejo, pounds his head against the bars. You don't treat women this way. He has a real right. thing about like you don't. He'll hurt slap women. a woman, but won't punch one in the face. Well, look, man, when she's coming at you with a fucking machine with gun, a, yeah, and you gotta get, bear. and you're also trying to save the bear. lives of two other people, one of whom is a woman, and you're trying to get back to your wife and daughter. Like, okay, some sometimes you have to handle an opponent. Fair. But I, I, totally fair. In a weird way, though, like that, that, that there's kind of like the Southern gentleman thing that we've already seen him kind of establish. Yeah. We've seen this like upstanding kind of good person thing. So after like about a second of thinking, I, you just, I just recognized it as he looks at Sally can't dance with his fist cocked back and then realizes like, oh shit, uh, a woman. I need to, right. I need to reframe. So in a bizarre way by slapping her and moving into the cabin, he's actually respecting and acknowledging her choice to live as a woman. Right. He could have just, if this was 97, if we're just going by like pure, like cultural right. 97 rules, everybody watching that movie is like, that's a dude in drag. That's how right. you would describe that in 1997. It's a cross dresser. A cross dresser. Oh. Yeah. But like Poe takes a moment. You I was looking at the term. Oh yeah. The... Yeah. Of course. But you see that moment happen. Where he like cocks his hand back and is like, oh shit, I forgot. There's another woman on the plane. Okay, my bad. And does that instead. I don't yeah. I don't know, dude. Maybe I'm giving Con Air too much, but I honestly well, think no, you but could that's, read it that's that way. A, that's the thing that happens when when, you know, a piece of a piece of cinema ages. Right. It ages in and it ages out. So like we're looking at this through the lens of twenty twenty two. Right. So that scene does have a different read. Right. Whether it was intentional or not. And I don't think that makes the read not valid. Yeah. I think it, it is a valid read because the movies, anything, books, anything that has a story and characters, like, <laughs> yes, is going yeah. to be viewed in a different way based on, you know, when. Yeah. So, yeah. When you I think come that, to that read, I think that read is perfectly fair, whether or not it was the uh, a choice that was made at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see. I can I can see that read too. Yeah, some parts of this don't age well. The uh, no. the, the early interaction between Cyrus and Dave Chappelle with a lot of like the racial stuff, mm -hmm. that that reads rough. But I, you you kind of almost you don't excuse it, but it makes sense even now because Cyrus is like head mucho monster right. villain. He's a fucking evil piece of shit. Of course, he's got some screwy opinions about stuff. Exactly. Um. So after this, we're basically in Vegas. They're being pursued. They've got multiple engines out i gotta say dude swamp thing is a hell of a pilot because he keeps that plane level with literally how is he keeping a level with half just a engine wing. one on i mean i don't even fucking okay. know how this thing is just engine one but when he's landing in the when he lands the stupid thing on the strip when he crash lands on the strip the first thing that happens is they knock half the port wing off Mm -hmm. He has one well, wing. Well, you can't you can't stay stable. So that's Hollywood magic there. <laughs> yeah, that's with that with only one wing. You're not flying level. Period. Mm, there's no way. That's physics. Physics uh, working against not you. Not possible. Watch. Yeah. We're gonna get an email. Like, actually. I don't care how good a pilot you are. <laughs> well, okay, Sully. You're missing Captain... a wing. You're not flying straight. Sully could have done it. Say. Captain Sully could have done it, but he's the only one. Um, Man, you gotta have. Nah, I don't think so. No, that plane is fucked up, dude. It like yeah. <laughs> it loses the tail. It loses like anything that has an aileron on it. Gone. Yeah. If you have, do you have one surface that is left like able to? No, there's not. No, yeah. What you are you have gonna a do? Rock. You dropped a stone out of the sky. Is what is happening. A stone with a stick on it, and you've got that the has stickiness. forward momentum that is going. Yeah. Jesus. Oh God, so funny. Um. 
so it crashes into like some it's not the Bellagio but it crashes into a, a famous casino the cops show up we think the movie's over I think the movie's over everyone thinks the movie's over the movie's no, not over. We need to have another chase, Max. What? Why, Carl? It's been an hour and fifty minutes of chases. See, this is where this is where I fucking pull my ripcord and parachute out of this movie. I feel like this is where it gets. It's already been big and wild and over the top, right. and crazy. This is where Con Air, pardon me for saying so, gets bloated. <laughs> it's like we do not need this fucking last show off between hate. He and Cyrus the virus on the back of a fucking fire truck, uh, fire truck with the fucking ladder going out and the, all this ridiculous. There is one hanging from underneath it while he's not. It's just okay. fucking too much, man. When when Cyrus and like Ugh. five other convicts crawl out of the bottom of the plane, I fully admit I was like, why are we doing? We're mm-hmm. still going to go. We're still going to go and do more. It would be like it would be like at the end of Die Hard. So what works is you have Carl pops up out of the body bag and tries to murk fucking uh, right. John McClane, but then um, Carl Weathers, not Carl Weathers. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> but but he gets taken down, so that's our, our shock moment. Our bad guy gets up, and then it's immediately like taken care of. Yes. I would have been fine with that, but that would have been like a diehard if Carl pops up out of the body bag and then starts – another whole chase down the streets of Los Angeles right, with and John McClane. 30, like 20 more minutes and 20 of more minutes of that. I could have, you know what I could have done? I could have done like done the, without they're it. taking Cyrus out of the plane on like a stretcher or something. And he's like faking wounded. And as he's nearing Poe, he like le- Al Powell is Powell. Sergeant Powell. Powell. Al Powell. Powell. Yeah. Family Powell. Powell. My wife is expecting our first. I'm sorry. I'm smoking a lot of cigarettes up here, Powell. <laughs> Smoke him if you got him. Um, but I could have done with like, what like a thing like that where like they think Cyrus is dead. They're all standing around. And then he leaps up and then Poe like drives his nose into his brain. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a bookend, you know? Or Baba Gump like grabs a nine milli off of somebody. Yeah, peels like, peels a gun off like, of. Yes. Ta 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 ta. Thank you for saving my life, Poe. Yeah, yeah. Like, I now we're even. And then or the Sally credits. the guard or whatever. Like who? Like, and yeah, then what? and then Bubba and Poe look at each other and it's you know. How could I live without? And then Poe decides that he's going to commit a petty crime so he can go back inside because he can't live without his cellmate. Yep. And that's the romance. And his, he just leaves his wife and daughter. In a weird by. turn of events. Um, I like Trejo's. Yeah, I fucking hate this goddamn. The ending. Okay. Chasing stupid. I, there are parts of it that I like quite a bit. I dislike that it exists because it is. It's more than we need, but I like, yep. I love, this is before the chase scene, but I love when they, we think that Trejo's still chained to the ceiling and then they pull oh, his body away and his arm's still hanging. Oh, do you think he's still alive? Doubt it. They pull him up, his arm is. This one's dead. Better get him out of here. His arm's still hanging by the handcuff. That was kind yep. of fun. Um, okay. I could really have done without any, I even like this trope, but like the two cops sitting next to each other and they see the like. High speed chase goes by. They drop a donut between the two yeah, of them. Yeah. What are we even doing? Were they just packing in like all the cast and crew's like last minute ideas? Hey, what else? What if what if they drop a donut? Uh, cops. What? Every trope possible gets thrown out of the goddamn cannon. And you know what the best part is? They drop the donut just to introduce those two cops, and then once they've done that, they have to get the cops back out of the movie. They yep. only add them in so that the bad guys can take two more people out before they're taken down themselves. The cops exactly. serve literally no purpose. Nope. Um, then there is here's here's some things I like. I like this little bit of dialogue when uh, when Diamond Dog is shooting at him from the back of the fire truck, and uh, Poe turns. Come to, get Papa Bear. <laughs> <laughs> that that gun work, yeah. And shoot that piece of shit. <laughs> that is kind of funny. And then also. Um, I like the snapped hook handle. First of all, Cyrus is fucking terrible at the stab the hands game because Nicolas Cage's hands are on the rungs right under him, and Cyrus is yep. stabbing everywhere but his hands. Yep. Uh, I actually like the hook handle through the leg just because the effect is kind of well done and kinda, it's gross. Kinda gnarly. Yeah, it's it's pretty gory. In any other movie, in any other scene, not at the end of an added bloated fucking that would have been I know, great. I know. I'm with you. I like the hose in the cab too just because I've never seen that. I've never seen something like that before. I feel I feel like this fucking scene is here because the the stunt coordinator and fucking like the the team had this fucking 
set piece in mind right and they had a no movie that they could fucking find to put it in <laughs> or that it belonged in and so they shoehorn it in the end of this movie because it kind of makes sense you know here. dude there's a couple of movies where i'm pretty sure like a quarter of the stunts are just like leftovers from i, I know what you mean i know exactly you know what, what i mean, mean. it's like yes. yeah that's a great that's a great sequence but i don't think it really does anything for the, like those scenes it right like fit. yes yes it doesn't really fit this doesn't uh, fi- but and usually the stunt but it's is in good that enough. it's in that card catalog of action scenes or right. stunt sequences that didn't fit right or the stunt coordinator's got the i've always wanted to try i've always wanted to do this yes right. dude and sometimes it really pays off one of the, okay and then there i think I think you and I can agree on this. The two jumps off the fire truck. One, the stuntman who jumps off the fire truck smashes off the roof of a car and down onto mm-hmm. the sidewalk. That is a great jump. Not taking anything away from that. Cool stunt. Other yeah. awesome stunt when the fire truck blows up against the. Okay, dude, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Armored car, unrelated to everything that's happening, happens to stall in the middle of the road right in front of this fire truck. Yep. That is dumb. That kicked me what out. What movie is that? Wayne's World Two, where the street, where they keep <laughs> they keep taking the plate glass back and forth. What are you guys yes, doing? I don't know. We yeah. just gotta keep moving this plate glass back and forth, <laughs> and it finally pays off at the end of the movie when they crash through it. It's, I think it's Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah, it's Wayne's World Two. The fruit vendor. There's like a, like seven or eight different like. What do you guys? It doesn't make sense for any of you guys to be here. It's like I know, but this is our job. This is what we do. <laughs> It, dude, half of this movie is exactly those two guys. Yep. Hey, why are you landing right now in the desert? I don't know. Some guy called, paid me 500 bucks to be well, here to be at here, this yep. moment. <laughs> um, okay, the other one is when Poe jumps off the fire truck as it's exploding. They get a lot of good angles of that, dude. That stuntman is like maybe two feet off that fucking fire truck when it blows. Yep. You can see the stuntman buffeted by the explosion, but still managed to keep face towards the camera. And then at the yep. last second, even though he's a little out of control because the explosion was so close to him, right when he's about to exit frame, which means that's about where the airbag is going to be, you can see him drop the left shoulder. It's yeah. just one of the most beautiful jumps I've ever seen. Oh, Even getting his shit fucking thrown around by like a legit truck exploding, he still manages to pull off the tuck. What do you call that with like elite athletes and like martial artists? Like the body awareness of always, no matter what is Propri- going on. Proprioception, where you always know where all your limbs are. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was. That shit blows my mind when, when people are able to like have that much control yes. and awareness. On their own body to even being launched off the top of a fire truck, huge <laughs> yes. explosion behind you, yes. to have the presence of mind to tuck your shoulder just before catching the back. Oh, I got goosebumps over here. Yeah, I me too, love dude. stunt people so fucking yep. much. Um, so yeah, okay. And then the dumbest thing that happens in the whole movie is how, where Cyrus lands in this like guillotine rock crusher. Where are we now? <laughs> Thank We've you. Transported to a whole other part of the world. <laughs> Thank you. That like machine. The fuck- it doesn't I don't even think it's real. What is it doing? It's like it's like one of those things, you know, when they like raise it real high when you're trying to sink a well and then you're like just drop it over. Yeah, and over. fatang. Fatang, fatang. But then like there's It looks like like old old timey carnivals where you had the hammer and you, and you try to hit the bell. Yeah. It's but, like a yes, big version of that. The biggest version. But it's automatic. And Cyrus's head and Cyrus's head is the is the thing that you hit with the hammer. Again, it feels like a sequence that somebody had in mind that didn't fit into any other movies right. and they shoehorned it at the end of this. this. D- it doesn't belong in this one either, man. It's, no, it Cyrus's, sure fucking doesn't. Cyrus's death is the most over-the-top thing I've ever seen. He's on a fire truck's ladder that's fully extended up. He hits a covered walkway over a highway. Sm- goes through that. Goes through that, out the other side, falls down into power lines, gets electrocuted... The power lines swing his electrocuted but somehow still alive body onto a conveyor belt filled with granite rubble that deposits him. What in the fuck is that even about? You know he's what I'm talking about, garbage, right? He's in a garbage. Yeah, he's in a garbage. Uh, he's in like a. I I think what, oh, what it, he, I think like the, a waste management. Uh, fucking. He has moved from now. Las Vegas to some industrial setting. Definitely. Yeah. He's. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure he is on a conveyor he hit belt. Those- 
He hit those power cables so fucking hard that he teleported. Yeah, they t- teleported him to like you know the uh, Serbia. <laughs> or yeah, some, or like a, some gulag. Where they're somewhere. mashing cars apart. I don't God, fucking dude. know. It's so, so weird. He falls just perfectly so that his head lands in like this one foot wide slot. The one spot where his head should not have landed. He lands right there. This thing comes down, crushes his skull. It literally was, like, too too much for me to even handle. And then we cut to the reverse, and we're back on the strip. Yep. Yeah, and there's lights everywhere. No sign of the machine. No sign of of, of anything. Anything that just happened, nope. it's all gone off the strip. Like, yep. like the t- everything teleported. Cyrus hit the line so hard that everyone, everything Poe sort of and Larkin, vanished. And then those two were like, do you trust me now? I tell you, there's only three men. I tr- Here's a handshake for you, fist bump right on. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's my wife and talented child actress. <laughs> <laughs> Let me come on over here. Hi, honey. I've been in jail for a long time. I meant to get a haircut, but would you cut fucking locks this gorgeous? And then all that, I like, then the whole Oscar moment happens, which I'm not shortchanging. We already just talked no. about it. It's fucking really good. And then what is our final ending, Carl? The serial killer lives happily ever after. Garland I love escapes. That I love that that's our fucking, the last bit we have is Garland. Like, it reminds me a little bit of the phone call at the end of, um, <laughs> at the end of Silence of the Lambs, where fucking Hannibal Lecter gets away. You're kind of like cheering for yeah, him you're at like, that point. Awesome. Oh, he's, he got away from the feds. Wait, he's going to eat a whole bunch of people. Yeah, like, though. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be doing this. This is the worst no, thing that could have happened. <laughs> Garland's gone. He's going to kill 37 more people. We got a new shooter. Does the shooter feel lucky? Yes, he does. Yes, and he's he drinking does. it. He's, and you know what? The one person who was not privy to the plan, and what was the plan? We're going to gamble, drink tropical drinks with umbrellas, and be surrounded yep. by beautiful women. He's literally he's living. He's doing it. He's doing it. It. If you just, like, control Z, all the shit that happens between the plane crashing into the hotel and Garland chucking them dice. Absolutely. I love how it ends. I really do. Beautiful. Like the, <laughs> I like the craft Beautiful. Game. Leave the last the last 20 minutes. Uh, unnecessary roughness, man. I, I agree. Unless 16 minutes. Whatever. It's, uh, yeah. After the plane crashes, let's have a diehard moment with, with you know. I'm not gonna... Carl getting out of the bag yes. or whatever. That little bit of that jump scare at the a end. A little sting. For proper. Yeah. A little sting. We merc fucking Cyrus the Virus, get two to the head or whatever. Sure. Sure. And then roundhouse we, we have the beautiful moment with the daughter the wife, and wife. The little girl, yep. And then our little a little Danoma at the end with yes. the fucking um, Steve Buscemi at the craps table. Yes. I'm not going to be shitty and- Call that and, a goddamn movie. Dude, totally. I, I'm not going to be shitty and do that thing where it's like, this could have been a lean 90. It's it needed no, no, to be no. like I, I I think you could it's like what two it's I think it's two hours on the dot. Yeah, this, it's I think yeah, this two hours if it's sent. Yeah. I think you could do a version of this movie that watches buck just forty. I was gonna say buck forty five, but yeah, you could probably yeah. do a buck forty and it would be perfectly legible and coherent. And it would one be, that would say it's welcome. I think the yes. middle section would well, still be the metal section, but you're you're left being a little bit more yeah well because energized yeah, because you don't have to. There's just, there's for... less meal on the plate, so yeah, a, the exactly. slow portion doesn't feel quite so much because there's not mm-hmm. so much to eat still. Um, but that's that's it, man. That's Con Air. I, talking about it made me like it more, and I started liking I, this. I fucking love I fucking love this movie, I really... dude. It's like I said at the top. <laughs> it's like there are certain genres and eras of cinema that. Well, I I lived through this, right? I saw right. this movie in the theater, right? When I was in the military when I was stationed, you know, in Norfolk, Virginia. So it has that, like that nostalgia factor too. But I think like for a goofy popcorn chewing, like it's fucking great, dude. It is It's a cartoon. You got to Jacob's you have to Jacob's ladder, this motherfucker, like hardcore. You said it at the beginning and you're totally right. That is the perfect way. If you have that in your head going in, this movie will not disappoint you. You said it like right as we started, you're like, it's a cartoon and it is. This yeah. is a cartoon. Just imagine it's anime, and it makes sense. Yep. Everything yep. makes sense if you just draw them all with giant eyes. That's <laughs> exactly. all you need, dude. All Tex Avery just. Yeah, just yeah. When someone gets shot, just make it like like little squiggles come out of them, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. This does this does read. All this reads. It needs a little more adi adi adi, and you're fine. I know. And then Danny Trejo kind of walks in, and you're like, ooh, okay. I don't know. That's not very cartoony. But... That's not cartoony at all. <laughs> but, no. uh, 
what is it? What's his? He has that one line at the beginning. Is like, man, if they knew the real numbers, I'd be Johnny ninety two. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's a bad. That's a bad villain, dude. He's a yeah. interesting character. Um, so that's that's all I got for that. Um, I I recommend the fuck out of it. Watch. Yep. Watch this movie for sure. It is a blast. This is this is like a this is kind of like a drive angry though. Have some drinks. Mm-hmm. Have some friends over. This is this is a munch. Throw it up on the side of the house if you gotta. Yeah, like a dude. H, rent a HD projector from your local library. Throw this up on the side good of the plug. house after some dogs. Dude, and, for uh, sure. And go for it. This would be a good. This would be a would have been a good Fourth of July movie, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So let's put a pin in this bad boy. We've been talking forever, but uh, it's every time yeah. we don't talk. I just want to talk to you. Um, I know, right? So you, if you like what we do, if you want to hear more, head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. Um, you can get shout-outs on the show. You can get full-length bonus episodes. As alluded to, we might be doing some Danny Trejo movies soon over there. Absolutely. Um, and the people, you know, like, we've this show has been a little bit sporadic for the last little bit, and it's... Full. I I did an episode about it, or like a little mini sode about it. Is definitely it's it's me that's kind of dra- like spacing out the time. I'm on. I'm not comfortable placing any blame on. There's no there's no anyone's sure. Okay, I pr- the, you know it's not. I appreciate that is, it. I would I would not feel comfortable with you shouldering any sort of anything. All right. Well, I'll take I'll take my I'll show. take my fifty percent then. We'll both. We'll All right. Just, we'll we'll divvy I've it up. I've been busy even. as shit and dealing with my fucking world. Scenario, so definitely, but we all good. We want to take a take a little moment here and thank the people who have continued to support the show through our our rocky patch, our bit of turbulence, if you will. Um, we have we've had some stale peanuts, some turbulence, and Ving <laughs> Rames, and it's been messing us up. So, uh, but we we do want to seriously, we want to thank the patrons from the bottoms of our heart. Um, you guys have you've kept the lights on, and kept the light on in the window, so we could find our way home to all of you. Oh yeah, bro. So we would like to take this moment to thank uh, Mariah Rosado, Micah Maybe, Kristen Stewart, Baloney Shoes, Leslie Ty, Katie Clark. Cassandra, Cassandra, I swear to God, I will be on your show at some point. Let's call it. Let's call it Monday. I'm so sorry, girl. <laughs> I'm so sorry, girl. Please don't hate me. I've watched The Faculty like three times, and I've yet to get on her show, dude. Just one thing after another just keeps screwing me. Uh, we would love to thank Kevin Ramirez, as we will for the rest of this season. Uh, dude, yep. Kevin, you're the bomb. Posthum- is it po- posthumously? No, he'd be dead in that case. Oh, well, shit. Let's not. <laughs> oh. That's right, Kevin. You're fucking dead Sorry. to us. Sorry, K Ram. I did not mean to stop <laughs> posthumously. No, um, I, retroactively, we're gonna retroactively go. fill in some shoutouts because we dropped the ball, man. And Kevin, he did. He stuck by us longer than any human should have. So, Kevin, we love you, dude. Honestly, and one day I will meet you, and I'll tell you I love you to your face, and it'll be the last thing that you ever want to hear me say. <laughs> and then I'll get back on the train and go home. Um, we'd love to thank Jeffrey. Tiberius Morgan, Sister Sarah Hartley, Brian Jackson, Kelly and Mike Wagner, Connor Sweeney, Daniele Hartelli, William Rockwood, John Scheibe, and honestly, patron to end all patrons, one of our longest, most fervent, cheering sections, believers, supporters of the show. Thank you so, so much, Casey Scheibe. We love all of you enormously, and we've got another episode. If you're up, if you're up north, go check out Something Rotten. Something rotten? I believe Casey's in a production in uh, the UP of Something Rotten. I lo- saw something on Facebook. If I'm telling stories that aren't true, I'm just in my own parallel universe wanting to see Casey in a show. It's possible. I have been intentionally avoiding most social medias, yeah. so if I missed it, I apologize. Say again, honey? I think she's in the cast. She's in the... Oh, Danielle She's in knows. the cast. Yeah. Uh, hi, she can't hi. hear you. Um, well, hi. I can hear you. Have Danielle tell us what she knows, Carl. Here, give your give your head. All right, Danielle. Hi. Hi. Tell us hi. what tell us what you know about Casey Shibe and something rotten. I have missed all of the news, so fill the listeners in. They can go watch this. She has been posting about something rotten. I think Lake Superior Theater. Okay. Up north. Um, 
And I did see her in costume in one of the cast shots, like a live <gasps> shot. So I think she's in the cast. I, okay, I'm going to go immediately hang up and go and look at all of this. Uh, do you know where <laughs> it's being performed? Is it at the, is it at, done at NMU, Forrest Roberts, or is it, do you know where um, it is? I, I think it's at something like Lake Superior Theater. Okay. All right, cool. So uh, if you want to go and see this person that we talk about frequently on our show, listener, you can, if you're in the Marquette area, uh Casey Shibe is in a some a production of something rotten. Go and check her out, support her, hug her, give her big giant bags of glitter. She'll love you for it forever. <laughs> um, let's see what else do we have? Uh there is music coming, back. not at the end of this episode, but I at the end of next episode. Sorry, you just got that on the sorry. <laughs> Um, and if you listener would like some dinner, uh, make sure that you tip your Get order DoorDash for twenty five percent. Drop us a line at measuringflixpodcast at gmail If any of you want to help, Patreon's the best way to do that. Share the show, tell your friends. Word of mouth is huge for podcasts, mm-hmm. and I I'm not even gonna say anything negative about it. If you have a moment and you feel so inclined, feel free to rate and review the show. It helps that algorithm <clears throat> computer overlords to know whether you're not oh thank you dude it was like a pressure valve i needed Ugh, someone yeah, to say it but yeah. it helps people find us we would appreciate that a lot next week on measuring flicks fucking nicholas cage month rolls on with Returns. i cannot believe i've never seen this movie before dude uh martin scorsese directed second favorite martin scorsese picture of all time dude not even nominated for an oscar can you believe nothing that? it was barely a blip on the fucking radar man it's Okay, listener, do yourselves a favor. Even if you're not going to listen to the episode, which you should, you should definitely watch Bringing Out the Dead. Bringing Out the Dead, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Patricia Arquette, Nicolas Cage, Ving Rhames is in it, uh, Mark Anthony's in it. This mm-hmm. movie is fucking amazing. It's not like, oh, it's, uh, it's awesome and stuff, but this movie is, this is like leaving Las Vegas. Not yeah, quite that gets, level. This movie but... gets into my soul. I have owned it for years. I don't watch it very often. When I do, it's like um, it's. I bought it. I recommend it buying it if you're gonna watch it. Goes deep. It. it goes deep for sure. Excellent performance, and it's a lot of fun. All right, the dogs are telling me I have to go yeah. feed them. So, Carl, I love you. I'll talk to you love again you soon, too. listeners. Right. Au revoir, and thank you for flying on Con Air.